Are we ready? Guess Let's so. begin. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm here with my friend Will and John. Guys, if you want to introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm John. I play D&D in Ryan's campaign. I'm Will. I also play D&D in Ryan's campaign. And today we're going to be discussing favorites and such, and just things that we really enjoy about D&D. So, let's see how this goes. Um, I wanted to start. Uh, what is everyone's top three favorite classes? I gotta say, mine is definitely the Barbarian, the Ranger, and the Wizard. I know the Ranger really doesn't have a lot of mechanical support in 5th edition, but I've always loved the flavor behind it. Yeah, um, I'm definitely partial just because of the fact that I'm playing a Druid, but that's like definitely top right now. Um, I think I'm also going Barbarian. And then, I just like, roleplay-wise, what you can do with a Sorcerer, more than, like, even if they're mechanically not as great. Uh, my three have always, number one has always been Paladin, even though, again, mechanically it's kind of supported, not really. Dude, 5th edition Paladins are so good. In some ways. How are they bad? I would say that they're, like, oath, like, late abilities aren't necessarily the best. Okay, but everything else they get is fine. Like, like early game, like, paladins are very good, but I feel like late game they kind of teeter off a little bit. At 18th level, all of their auras extend to 30 feet, my guy. And? They get to add their charisma save- charisma <laughs> score to all of their saving throws. This is great. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> uh, second has always been fighter. So love the idea of just, in its six seconds, you pound out four to eight attacks... Not including bonus action. It's just always been a cool feature to me. And then the third has been Warlock. Warlock? Interesting. I didn't know that was one of your favorites. You know, I've never played it, so it might be swayed in the future. I just always like the concept that with a Warlock, you can kind of do whatever you want. Like, you can focus mainly on spells. You can be a melee character if you want to. You can kind of get in with support. Well, I mean, me and Ryan were talking about this earlier with, like, the Druid. Like, there's, like like, a very hard line to follow of, like, support and healing, um, frontline fighter, and then ranged spell attacks. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you could easily swap Druid in for there. Plus, you can turn into animals, which is always plus. I prefer Warlock. I prefer the more of the, like, general aspect of a Warlock as opposed to a Druid. He likes the edginess. Of course. Uh, as opposed to the hippiness. <laughs> Listen, ain't nothing wrong with being a hippie. Yes, we can see this. <laughs> I don't think I've played a hippie. Oh god, I'd love to play a hippie. A hippie uh, druid? I, I tried to play that last year. Uh, I had a uh, wild magic sorcerer who was just high all the time on psychedelics. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I played a hippie last year. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about we that. We homebrewed like a way for me to talk to gods. It was great. Oh yes, you would go into the forest and you would look for these magical mushrooms, right? <laughs> yeah. Then, oh my god. And then eat them and I believe it was roll a d100. Or no, it was roll... Something. Roll something. And then I could get minor hints or, like, imagery and hallucinations. It was cool. That'd, be, that'd actually be really cool for a warlock, rather. Like, a, maybe a great old one warlock? For, like, a no, hippie no, warlock? Like, what's up? Like a hippie psychedelic Not Not, not even, like, warlock? a hippie warlock, but, like, what if instead of purposely eating these mushrooms to get, um, like, divine sense, you purposely eat these mushrooms to potentially discuss with your patron? Like, this is the, this is, it's a very, very personal idea of this, this idea, this idea, I've said that so many times, but it's this very personal object where usually a patron and the, um, the warlock are so separated, but Mm -hmm. with this, you can really interact with them and it's very, very 
It's just a very personal relationship. Yeah. That's not a personal idea for that character. That he's never talked to guys this whole time. He's literally just tripping balls every single time he takes shrooms. And he's like, guys, I'm enlightened. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was kind of his whole shtick, uh, which was kind of cool. It, it was. I was just trying to like connect like the wild magic to him. Mm. And then for some reason, I was just like, yeah, this guy's definitely like on everything possible. <laughs> drugs. Just as many drugs as possible. Before combat, <laughs> just like, one second, guys. Let me tie off. Okay, let me tie off real quick. <laughs> I am ready. That's not wild magic. That's him just going yeah, off the wall. Immediate roll on the wild magic table. Guys, look, I'm blue. <laughs> he never actually produced any wild magic. It was it was just his trip the whole time. Yeah. Because only did anything like efficient with that wild. Did, magic. did anything bad ever happen when I did wild? No. Magic? no. I'm pretty I, sure it was like only like the you, blue. The I plant. turned blue twice. You summoned flumps. Summoned sum- flumps, which could be a hallucination. Beard of feathers, like twice, like two or three times. Which yeah, again yeah. could be a hallucination. <laughs> and I, I kept trying to keep those, so we kept making like con saves to like see if I could keep them. I think I got I. The only one I failed on was the twenty, which made me sad. Um. And then I think I, cla- I cast uh, Levitate. Magic oh. Missile at 5th level. Magic. I remember that. And um, I would disappear. Like, I would enter the astral plane for a turn. That was one I kept doing. Oh, yeah. You, like, cast Blink or something. Yeah, and I just disappear for a turn. That, those were cool. So, like, yeah. It doesn't make a lot of, like, roleplay sense, and they're fairly weak. I think we've all agreed that. But, like, hmm. they're fun if you can, like, make a cool character out of it. No, you're definitely right. That's any class, really. Yeah. Any class can make a cool character. Except for rangers, apparently. No, rangers are all usually the same. Usually. Okay, the the additions in Xanathars really help. Like, I could definitely see myself playing a Gloomstalker ranger, but dear God, I would never want to play a Beastmaster ranger. Yeah. Listen, I, I think, especially with the buff coming out for it, I think it's definitely more... What's the way phrases? Viable? Yeah, viable. Potentially. They're, uh, yeah, the um the new additions coming in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything really really give options to um, these um, lower classes lower classes like um <laughs> <laughs> like the How dare you be I'm, that class? <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry. I'm being classist, guys. <laughs> you made it, to be fair, uh, Ryan made a whole campaign that's like classist and racist in D&D. A little uh, bit. A little it, bit. It's, it's just the worst, uh, mechanically worst, uh, classes and races, and, uh, it's pretty fun to play with. It's, yeah, it's, it's a fun thought experiment, because I went through, I went through every single race in 5th edition, decided the worst mechanical options included in that are the Dragonborn and the Goliaths and other things. Um, I went through and picked the 12 worst subclasses for every class. And then I proceeded to go through every spell list and pick either B-list spells or spells that were just not normally picked, trying to offer just some creative, really creative uses. And I know, Will, you actually used... You honestly blew my mind a little bit because I was not expecting this creativity out of you. In, in what? The, the you, whole mud armor thing you did, like, to keep the bugs out. Oh. I mean, granted, you failed with advantage. <laughs> Yeah, we were um we we had these constitution saving throws and there were different poisons that certain mosquitoes would give out and Will decided that he would use shape water and the mold earth cantrip together and create like a mud carapace around himself. Didn't work. And still <laughs> failed. It was like a DC 10 or 14 or something, I forget. I, I think my highest roll for that was a 6. Yeah. 
It was like a six or an eight. Yeah, yeah it was never good. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was potentially top three races. I, I know some of you guys have differing opinions. Will, I know you hate gnomes. Okay, if we're... If we're going based on the idea of mechanics, gnomes aren't at the bottom for me. I just don't like the aesthetic behind gnomes. Why? Will, Will just has the opposite of little dog complex, you know? <laughs> he just needs to be... Actually, no, he does. He needs to be big all the time. No, I'm cool with dwarves, and I'm cool with halflings. Then, what's the deal with gnomes? Do you, I don't do know, you, I just don't like gnomes. Do you think they're, like, too garden gnome Like, you're, like... That thing couldn't do anything, like, actual magical, like... No, it's nothing to do with that. I just... I don't, I don't know what it is. I just don't like the aesthetic around gnomes. All right. <laughs> so if, if you don't like gnomes, what are your top three? Top three races... Are we saying that human and variant human are different, or can I just say human and that covers both? I'd, I'd say they're different, because I honestly put base human as one of the worst races. Yeah, okay, that's... so I'm going to say variant human is, the, is my top, followed by tiefling... Followed by Goliath. Goliath, interesting. Didn't know that was under your top. The only reason the Goliath is at my top is because I like the idea that like you're not just some orc or half orc. You are not like just some like oddly racial mixed giant being. No, no, no. You are just a very large human. Aren't they also like semi like related to giants? Or am I just No, there's some correlation of giants, I'm correct. In my personal world of Ludum, where y'all are playing now, Goliaths are actually, like, they're historically runt giants. Yeah. So they would be kept by normal giants as slaves. Yeah, I remember you telling me that just because I was, like, considering um, a uh, Goliath barbarian. Um, yeah, it's pretty much going to be Grog. <laughs> Gotta love Grog. But, um... Yeah, so in, in my world, they are a little bit more... They're closer to giants than they are to humans. Which, I don't know, I personally find that more interesting. Giving yeah. them just a little bit more than, oh, look, you're an eight-foot dude rather than a six-foot dude. Yeah. Cool. But I know a lot of people don't cover the mechanic, but, like, their powerful build. I think, in a certain aspect, the powerful build can change a campaign layout entirely. Yeah. I just think that's because you're a power gamer. No, it's nothing to do with that. It's Will's just... going for big, strong boys. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Will doing his little face of man. They got me. <laughs> no, <laughs> just get attacked consistently. <sighs> we love you. Anywho, John, what are your top three races? I don't think I've played. I I think it's like. Fairly obvious out of the three of us, I have the least D&D experience, um, because I think I have done three campaigns total, one of them was a total of two sessions, and it was with a very shitty DM, um, who were like, oh, you're level one, you're gonna face two hill giants. Dear God. Yeah. He also played them poorly, so we won the fight, but it was, like, way too long. Um, and then last year's campaign, and now this one that we're starting, which is gonna go a lot longer. So, I don't know, I, I conceptually like Tabaxi... Uh, Goliath is always cool to me. And then, I, I guess half-elf, because just, like, Abe is, like, close to the heart. Okay. So Genasi's not a part of it, even though Stone, your current character, is a Genasi. I just wanted to pick something that wasn't very, like, common. Because, like, half-elves, elves, like, those seem just, like, stock D&D to me. 
So I wanted to, like, pick something that, like, didn't have a lot of backstory to it. And, like, in my backstory, I worked with it a lot. Um, right, yeah. We, we I know we worked together a lot to kind of create a little bit more um, lore behind Genasi inside of Ludum. Like, there are very, very few. Yeah. I'm, like, one of 20. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's 20, but it's a very, very low number in regards to the world. Yeah. It's a, it's a high roll to see if you know what I am. True. Um, personally... I am near and dear to the Mountain Dwarf. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. Uh, my One of my first characters was Durin Idugan, a Mountain Dwarf Ancestral Guardian Barbarian. And dear God, this man could never die. Oh, no, no, he couldn't. Listen, <laughs> I, I only would... rolled sevens or above for health. The lowest health I ever got Hit per the... level was 11. So good. Hit this man at, like, the end of, like, the big boss fight. Hit this man with a meteor swarm. 40d6 damage. <laughs> this 40 man... 40d6 damage? This man brushed it off. Well, well, were you raging? I was. No, oh, so half damage to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. Yeah, because a meteor swarm is 20d6 fire and 20d6 bludgeoning. Mm. So I was... And I succeeded on my saving throw, because mm. barbarians get advantage on dexterity saving throws. So I took half damage from the fire and quarter damage from the bludgeoning. And you're just like, no. I mean, even if you killed him, doesn't he get that barbarian ability of, like, relentless... Uh, not relentless endurance. Is it relentless endurance? Uh, or, like, I think it's you relentless shoot. rage or something Yeah, like that. where you can you can make a con saving throw to go back to one. So. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think I brought him to that once. I think only I once. think that was it. No, it wasn't me. It was way before that. I yeah. just think that's so cool conceptually to, like... You know, you get breathed on by a dragon, and then, like, standing there still is the, like, barbarian who is, like, bodied, <sighs> yeah, yeah, just steaming in anger and just, like, staring up at you with one hit point. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and, like, I, I know the zealot barbarian specifically um, really, really goes into that of this person can never die. Like, I know a really cool concept that a lot of people don't know about, or maybe not a lot of people, but some people don't know about who are really new to D&D getting into the Barbarian. A Zealot Barbarian, you don't need material components to cast things like Revivify or Reincarnate. You don't need a diamond worth 300 gold. You don't need incense worth a thousand gold pieces. So we don't need a cleric, we just need a Zealot Barbarian. Well, you know, they can still die, but I'm saying... You could have a cleric cast Revivify on this Zealot Barbarian. No diamond expended. No diamond needed. Oh. They're, they're so... The, the Zealot is so embellished and so given by their god. They don't die. That's really cool. I didn't know that. So it really accentuates the barbarian... The, like, like what you were saying, a barbarian being able to look at a dragon. To be able to look at a lich. To look at a Tarrasque. And be... Nah, I don't want to die. Not yet. Yeah, I still got people to fuck up, you know? <laughs> um, my other two are half-elf, and I love Asimar. I love the flavor. I love how you can, if you wanted to go a little bit more edgy, you could be a fallen Asimar. But if you wanted to go a little bit more righteous, you could do the fallen, uh, the um, the scourge or the protector. I love the, I personally love charisma bonuses. Just because there's so many charisma classes in 5e. Yeah, wasn't that like um, the Clairlock you played? Wasn't he an Asimar? Yeah. The the, the posh, overpowered-ass Clairlock. 
Yes, a uh, couple weeks ago we did a one-shot that Will ran, and I decided to be a fourth-level cleric, fourth-level light cleric, fourth-level hexblade warlock, and I was an Asimar, and I could never... I, I got hit. I hit so much and barely got hit. I was DMing for that. Oh, that was interesting. Especially if oh my God. the mayonnaise... <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, the mayonnaise. <laughs> Don't we love the mayonnaise? Oh. The alchemy jug. Best item in the game, <laughs> confirmed, and I'm trying to get Have one in the main campaign. Have about this story? Oh, not yet, not yet. But, I? I mean, we can now, yeah, sure, go for it. So, they were entering a small room in a dungeon that contained a half-dragon veteran and four thugs. You have to acknowledge how I how I uh, made our Oh, our yes, I was, getting, I was getting that. <laughs> okay. So... John, being, you know, the barbarian, big hulking figure, knocks on the door and decides to go, housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> Through which the half-dragon took it as a joke and threatened him. And then Ryan's character decided to go up to the door and go, sir, we have your order of mayonnaise. Now, keep in mind, I was a posh Asimar noble named Cain. Oh, yeah. He killed his brother Abel. <laughs> so then, playing along, I decided, you know what? Why not? Half Dragon goes open the door. Well, I th- oh. also think we rolled a. Brian rolled like a really high persuasion roll. Oh, yeah, he rolled like a 22 in persuasion. Yeah. So I was like, sure, I'll play along. Half Dragon goes to the door, opens it, he's like, uh, can we do this out here? I didn't want everyone else to see the mayonnaise. And they're like, no, we insist we put on a show when we deliver our mayonnaise. We have the dancer. That was, that was I forgot about the dancer. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then they enter. The half dragon embarrassed out of his mind. Now, the Asimar walks up to the table they're all at and starts dumping like a gallon and a half of mayonnaise on the table. And then he he washed it down. He offered them beer, too. Oh, yeah, I offered them beer. Because the alchemy joke is great. And the barbarian decided to take his weapon, smash the table with it, spreading mayonnaise everywhere, <laughs> blinding the enemies from around as they wiped all this mayonnaise off their face. I see nothing wrong with this. I called my axe the sham wow. Yes, yeah, I did remember. you not remember? No! I, I literally went, I'll call it the ShamWow, <laughs> and slapped it onto the table. <laughs> oh, dear God. Uh, his name was Moradar, he was a half-orc barbarian, and he was amazing. Uh, he was so stupid. He was so stupid. He was so stupid. That actually brings me into my next point. I wanted to talk to you guys. What are your top three character concepts? I know, I know we're playing characters right now, I know you guys are. But I just want to know, like, maybe looking towards the future or if you have the opportunity to play in a different campaign and have complete free reign, what would you want to do? Um, I'm thinking I really want to play a bard just because um, last summer was just me trying to, like, get into D&D and, like, figure things out. This summer, um, I'm not very, like, calm or, like, quiet. I'm pretty energetic, but I'm playing a very calm and rational character. So I'm thinking if I get to lean into bard... Uh, I now get the ability to, knowing how to play the game, lean into that more chaotic, kind of, like, energetic person. And I'm really excited to do that eventually. Okay, I gotcha. Well? Oh, oh that was only one. Oh, two well, more. You, you can do your more. I know you just kind of talked oh, okay. about that, Will, if you want to go into maybe something you have. All right. 
Well, the one we were talking about before this, the one I always had in mind, I just never got around to actually trying it, was uh, the Asimar uh, fighter that would, uh, or Warlock actually, who would essentially be a representation of Sephiroth from Final Fantasy. Mm. Much to which I'd obviously work with whoever the DM would be to get a sword like Masamune, which would be probably just a modified long sword, as we discussed earlier. Be careful of that, because I'm not sure if Hexblade Warlocks are able to use heavy weapons. I think that might be a modification that they have. So I'm just I'm just saying, keep that in mind if you do like pursue yeah. that at some point. Or anything, uh, I wanted to fall down that path, I could do like an Oathbreaker Paladin. Oathbreaker could be cool. Yeah, I, I don't really have many extra like character ideas lying around, um, just because I've thought been thinking about like DMing in the future and like also just like very focused on like what my current character's growth will be and like what's gonna happen and like really itching to play our main campaign. So, <laughs> which is gonna happen Monday, and I'm so excited. So oh, excited. so excited! Party might finally get a wizard. We're getting a wizard, dude. We need a wizard. We're getting a wizard. <laughs> They're so without a wizard. They're without a rogue. They they they're doing well. They're succeeding somehow. We could use a a, a more frontline fighter than the druid who is me. You're doing pretty darn yeah, well. You're doing though. really good at, as our frontline. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, your combat is one of three things: either a, let me fuck up the entire enemy of range spells; two, let me summon two dire wolves while also being a dire wolf and just fuck everything up as a wolf. That pack tactics is really great, dude. Or three, you're just like shaligalaga, and you just <laughs> slap the shit out of things. Gotta love Shillelagh, the quintessential druid cantrip. Yeah, I- I'm really excited to switch out my druid cantrips next level, which is hopefully, hopefully after next session? Question mark. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Damn it, Ryan! <laughs> just I'm give just, us the level. I'm just happy with the thing coming from the new book. We can finally implement it with the gunslinger. Okay, okay, speaking of, okay, yeah. please, actually, first, please explain your character, just so that way people might have an idea of who you are. Okay, so my character, his name is Zaros, he is a Dispatter Tiefling, who is Matt Mercer's version of a gunslinger, using the fighter as the main class, and basically trying to implement guns in D&D. And the way it mechanically works is that you get a certain number of grit points equal to your wisdom modifier. And you can spend those grip points to use your trick shots, which are essentially like the battle master maneuvers. Except you get a very few amount, and when you get new ones, like the battle master originally stated, you have to get to a certain level, to which then you switch them out at that level. But now with the new book, uh, battle masters getting switched to at the end of the long rest, you are able to switch one of your maneuvers out, to which Ryan gracefully as a DM allowed me to implement as gunslinger. Because you keep trying to implement bullying shot, which allows him to gain advantage on initiative check on um in intimidation. intimidation checks. Thank you. Hmm. However, you keep using them in the wrong instances, my guy. Well, here's the thing. I just have the concept that, especially in a D and D world, guns aren't you know common at all. Having this demon, Zara is also a bounty hunter, by the way. He wears the mark of a bounty hunter. Proudly. Proudly. Very proudly. Seeing this man walk up with some mechanism you've never seen before, fire an object at whatever ungodly speed, I think it would shake kill people to its core. Okay, but le- let me tell you the two, t- the, of the three times you've used it, why the two were a failure. Okay. And the one was a success. 
the first time you used it. You did it against a mayor, surrounded by 15 to 20 guards. While digging up a grave. While digging up a grave, which he came to tell you was illegal in his town, to which you said, fuck you. I'm going to dig up this grave. I got permission from the captain of the guard. It wasn't just fuck you. It was, you're being suspicious for not letting me dig up this grave. (laughs) Ah, that's right, that's right. There was an insight roll. Apparently, so, apparently, the mayor was afraid of what was going on. He was showing some signs of fear. Zaros took that to mean, I'm going to shoot my gun into the (laughs) air, threaten him with his own guards around him while while I'm doing something illegal in his town. But he got permission from the captain, to be fair. That's why. That's what my thought process was. You didn't like, why turn would the captain threaten the, guard, the mayor? Okay, why okay. Why the captain of the guard allows you saying... Okay, but if the governor of Pennsylvania says, hey, you're good to do this, and then the president comes down, it's like, you can't do that. <laughs> Who are you going to listen to? <laughs> you clearly try and shoot the president in front of the Secret Service. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> that's a joke. That is a joke. Legally, that's a joke. That is a joke. <laughs> oh, my God. The second time you tried to use it, in my world, there is, there is a small organization of very, very racist people. Will, Zaros, as a tiefling, decided to go up to these humans, who were very racist. With me, wild-shaped as my, is. My also state that I tried to be civil before this all happened. I tried to be civil. And multiple times we were told, yeah, they're very racist, so... We should probably send the more the Asimar of our party and the monk as, you know, disguised. So Will proceeded to go up to them, and he said hi, and then they ex- exchanged certain quote unquote pleasantries. The racist calling Will a hornhead, and then he was like, "You need to get out of here, hornhead, or we'll fuck you up." To which Zara said. Ha, that's funny. Let me shoot my gun in the air and threaten you now. Your intimidation check succeeded. But there was also a bunch more racists, and you were there with me as a panther. And that's all you had. The one time it was successful, you did it against people who were already afraid of you, and in a much worse situation. Well, yeah, they're essentially farmers trying to rob us. Exactly! So they're not anyone with power. They're not anyone who's already hostile to you. Fair. Yeah. So, I mean, so some of these some of these intimidation checks you're trying, you tried against a mayor, a politician, of the town who... where the town was named after his family. To be fair, he shot him and almost killed him. You're right. He did only have one health left. What a shame. <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting time. I did not want you guys to go to jail. We've been arrested so many times in this campaign. What, is it been three? I think it's three. You guys have, what, two and a half. Oh, yeah, the one where it was just me, because, uh... Oh, that's right, you just got arrested. Yeah, I, 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 I got arrested, uh, and I was super panicked about it for the entire two days before our next session. Wait, when was the second time? I know there was one with the mayor after you shot him. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that might have been the second I think that oh, was the no, second no, I think the time we were arrested, but that, we never sent to jail. That was the half. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what, what I was counting as the half. So, yeah. They've been to jail so many times already. They've been a party for about a month and a half in, in game. game this time at this point. And it's, it's great like because six I six months. I think the first time we went to jail, I looked at the guards and I was just like, "You guys might as well just let me out. I can get out of here pretty easily." <laughs> and they were just like, "Fair." 
But then you were all you were also the one who immediately gave up. Yeah, yeah. Immediately I, I saw there were fifteen guards surrounding us and more coming, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna gently put my hands in the air and not make any sudden moves. That that actually might have been my bad. I might not have explained that situation because I I think I remember you guys saying you weren't sure how many guards there were. To which I I do apologize. That was a little bit of an error on my part. It was fun. It, it was funny. Didn't the captain like die for you because of that? No, he died so we can get freed. So he died for you? <laughs> <laughs> he died for us. Mainly you. <laughs> who got who got y'all arrested? Let's see. I would say the mayor got us arrested. Yeah, it was The mayor me. arrested you, yes. Exactly. So you guys arrested. I see no issue with this. I see no I see no one at fault but the mayor, and the mayor is the PC. So Ryan, it's your it's fault. All, you know, it's always my fault. It's the DM's fault. I'm, it's you know, always the DM. Why don't we just go back to the podcast, you know, categories? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like this is all kind of a thing, which could potentially lead into like, what are your character ideas? Ah yes, I forgot I hadn't talked. <laughs> I really, really want to play a um, half-elven shadow sorcerer. Everyone, everyone plays a wizard because wizards are great, and I love them. However, I like John. I really, really love the um, flavor and idea behind a sorcerer, and especially the shadow sorcerer. I would love to be a support caster who has that ability to blast a little bit, but you know, not too, too much. I <laughs> so I started blasting. <laughs> Will every time we enter Ryan roll initiative, Will starts blasting, and then he rolls a natural one and his gun jams. And then he's sad. <laughs> so shadow uh, sorcerer, yeah, shadow. I don't, I don't really have an idea as of right now because I, I really haven't looked too too much into it. I'm generally the DM for our group. Occasionally, I'll. Um, play in a one-shot, but for the most part, I really, really enjoy DMing. That's mm-hmm. actually my favorite part of D&D. I love DMing. I love giving you guys a story that you guys can interact with, that you really just go into, and I absolutely love the dedication that you guys give me, because I try to give my absolute best to do the same for your characters. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 a really fun campaign we're running right now. We've had some some goofy moments and way more serious moments, which which are great. Yeah, I honestly, there there have been a couple times where I've, not to toot my own horn, but I've been pretty proud of myself, literally doing, literally instilling enough fear by an NPC to have you guys need to do dick jokes to lighten the mood. <laughs> um, the bourgeois creep me out. Uh, they're, they're fun. I'm I'm very scared to fight them, but I, I also want to get it over with. I'm very excited to fight them. Yeah, they're they're. I'm very excited to see what they have in store. That's like the, the like Ryan always trying to go outside the basic book. That's a character I've never even heard of until he brought it up. Yeah, I thought so he I know, when he said it. I know nothing of this fight coming up, so I'm very excited to see what's in store. These rotting, pestilent goat demons with elongated faces, skin melting off. Yeah, it's been been hard not to look up their stat blocks. (laughs) Just just see what they have. Yeah, I'm I'm tempted to not tell you guys the names of things, but it's also just fun for, instead of going the goat demons, which is a fine name, the only thing is, I feel like Boulajau might inspire just a little bit more of that Unknown. We we also had uh, our monk and cleric uh, go into like book bookstores and libraries and like find them. So now canonically in game we do know their names too. Very true. Very true. I'm 
so happy y'all decided to do some research. I know Jeanette is currently playing a um, Cobalt Soul Monk, which I've reshaped and reflavored to fit my world a little bit more. But her character really is that investigator. Which is funny because her intelligence is apparently not that high. No, it's not. And speaking of which, um, I actually, if she would want, if she would want to, and come to me and ask to switch her wisdom and intelligence. I was just thinking that right now. Yeah, because I've talked to you, Will, about this. Um, I've always not enjoyed the fact that monks were so limited in being, you can really, it's a dex wisdom. Why can't you be a strength intelligence monk? I, I know for me personally, I would 100% allow that at my table where if someone came to me and said, hey, can I be strength intelligence rather than dex wisdom based? Yeah. There's no harm in it. It's actually weaker because dex is a lot more versatile than strength is. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel like it's easier to ask for something that limits you a little more than something that buffs you up a bit more. Like, like maybe... asking for a 14th level ability when you're not that subclass. So, you know how I summon direwolves a lot? Yeah. Well, my thought process was the shepherd druid gets the ability to, if they fall at 14th level and after, once per short, once per long rest, they can summon up to four challenging two beasts to protect their prone corpse. Not requiring concentration. No con- no concentration. And if they get no orders from me on that turn, they just defend me. So I asked Ryan if, hey, because of how my character has proceeded in the campaign, would it be cool if I took that ability instead of my 14th? Which for a moon druid is just, uh, you get um, alter self at will. Which is only a second level spell. Yeah. So so you want, let me get this straight, <laughs> instead of having a second level spell in probably the best subclass Oh yeah, yeah, you really, cast it as ninth level. <laughs> so instead of having that spell as your fourth level ability in the most powerful subclass possibly in Druid... I don't think it's the most powerful. In Druid, it is. It is. Is it? Yeah. You get to turn into elementals. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> eh. But yeah, so I said he could take the 6th level shepherd ability. Which buffs my uh, conjure animals. You know, they get an additional 2 hit points per hit die, and their attacks become magical. But dear god, I'm not let people letting people cherry pick between each individual subclass to go, I want this one, I... and this one. I specifically said I am not cherry-picking. I am going with what fits the character. True, and I I said no. Yeah, I even tried to, like, lower it. I was like, what if we make it challenge rating one, cast it at level five, like, you know, lower it a bit. It didn't work. <laughs> it's okay, I didn't ask for a minigun either. <laughs> I asked for it as a joke. I found it. I was like, interesting. Hmm. However, I do agree with John. I think it would be kind of cool if, like, say, for instance, in some dungeon we explored... The enemy had that on him. He and gets it, one use. It gets one use. And, like, say, for instance, like, right after I finish the magazine, the gun breaks in my hands. Yeah. But then you would be familiar with it, and you would try to craft it. I would not try to craft it. I know it. you say you wouldn't, but that's a little metagamey. I would not try to craft it. We already discussed the, the end game gun for me. You have no idea. Did we? Yeah. Dude, why do you have an end game end game gun already designed? We're level six. We're level six, my guy. No, like, I know, but we had a discussion about the bad news. Bad news bears. No, bad news is a name for the sniper rifle. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, that yeah. doesn't that doesn't have to be an end game gun. I'm yeah. just saying, like, be like tenth level. Like I mean, my my point being is like the gun he's going to evolve into. I would not want Zaros to be some. Mini gun wheeling dude. I don't imagine this more dexterous, 
nimble person just all of a sudden weren't you saying you wanted to be like 500 feet away so the next time we fight a dragon you could just be like from 500 feet away shooting at it at well, that's with the sniper yeah you know where none of our healers can reach you yeah, the minigun has a range of was it 10 feet Normal range, 60 feet long range. Yeah, you gotta get And the only benefit I have of that now is that I'm a sharpshooter, I can get in 60, negating its one downside, but even so, I would not want to use a minigun. Because a minigun, the way it works is, if you read it, instead of doing an attack roll, you would target a 10 by 10 area, and every creature in that 10 by 10 area has to make a deck save. The deck save for the minigun at normal range is 15, at long range, 10. Even sharpshooter making a 60 foot range at a DC 10 deck save, which almost any creature could succeed on. Which, regardless, is a no. <laughs> oh, I knew it was going to be a no. It's, yes. You, we've already reworked so much about the gunslinger. You are a 6th level gunslinger with sharpshooter and dual wielding pistols. 6 shot and a 4 I mean, shot. The only thing we changed, technically, was the dual, like, the dual wielding mechanic. And the fact that you can now wield two pistols and reload them at all. Because the rules say you need an open hand to reload them. Yeah, that's why we're saying it takes full action, aren't we? Yes, but that still implies you can shoot twice as long before having to reload. That's a lot of damage. That's a lot of damage. That's a lot of damage. Either way, I would not be asking for the minigun in a campaign. Gotcha. Like I said, for that one for that one scene, it'd be really cool, but I would never want Zaros wielding a minigun. You just scarface them. Say hello to my little Like imagine that. Like you're in a like a like some home to like a hundred orcs. My allies are down around me. There's like twenty orcs my way, all of a sudden just Okay. Your allies are down, what are you gonna do? You're not gonna heal gonna us. You're gonna heal me of what? Mention. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Your allies are down. What are you gonna do? You're gonna die. I could spray that minigun. You could give one of us. You could give our cleric a health potion and then get her up to bring back the other two of us. Yeah, and while she's healing, I'm just. Yeah, but you skipped all over that. You just went straight to the killing. Anyway, start blasting. <laughs> As per usual. No, what I wanted to um, finish up with for tonight was... I We discussed it a little bit, but what is your favorite thing about D&D? Is it the roleplay? Is it the combat? Is it the character building and character ideas? Like, what drives you back to the table every week? I am just, like, very impatient, just, like, in life. So it's kind of like watching it, like, it's like binging Netflix... Actually, no, it's just like watching normal TV where you have to wait like a week or so for the episode to come out. And it's just like, that's like frustrating to me because like I want to play for like 10 hours and then to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm sick of this for a while. I can come back to it. Um, I just love the character building part of it. Like I've, I've, I think we talked about this. My character is very like open-ended and he's very different from what I, I originally intended for him to be to the point where like I'm thinking of like, completely ordering a new mini just because like the one i made does not embody who he is now um yeah the mini you have right now kind of is a little bit cocky yeah it seems like a little he's a little bit arrogant but stone is much more reserved from what i've seen yeah he's much more reserved much more like calm leader ish type no i i, th- I think agree with that the, from the 
just starting your character, writing the backstory, to watching your character grow through a campaign. Because, like, as we all know, Zaros was, like, the start of this was very rash, very hard-headed. Still kind of is. Still kind of is, but he has worked his way from that. He's a lot more, a lot more humble now. He tries to think before his actions and thinks about others equally to himself, if not more. So, you guys both really enjoy character creation. Do you guys think it's important for characters to have flaws? Um, I do. I've made Stone's flaws very mental. He's he's very much like, he puts on the front of like, you know, I've got to be a person to look up to. Like, like I can't waver because then my allies will be afraid. Um, and like, you've like poked at this pretty often by like inducing these like terrifying dreams that he's just kept seeing i love night hags yeah let, let that be known i love night hags so just like um, <laughs> it's been really fun to just um to just play with like a character who's like on the inside panicking and especially like when we got like those weird cursed marks and or not marks but like just like him being directly affected and walking into the room and just you see him sitting there looking with a look on his face you've never seen before just like everyone in the party was just like dude what is going on and like yeah. that was really cool mm-hmm. you well. i do believe character flaws are very important because again it helps character building especially targeting those flaws and i think the hardest thing that the reason i don't like flaws is that it you have to really get into character to expose and work those flaws gotcha so do you do you go into a character with like a flaw already? Or do you or do you kind of go for more natural where you go in and you don't know who your character is to start? No, because like Zaras, I knew he was going to be very rash, very hard-headed, especially with the past that he had. And the one thing that's hard is that, you know, me myself and a very rash person. <laughs> so it's hard sometimes to differentiate. Say. It's hard sometimes to differentiate me being rash or Zaras being rash. Fair. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I had any... I, I had, like, a very generic idea of who I wanted Stone to be, but, I, like, he has not been that at all for me, which has been fun because it's it's interesting to see myself play a character who's just very different from me, whereas I'm like, oh, fuck that guy, let's kill him. Like, Stone's very much like, yeah, we can try and work this out with words. We don't have to kill these poor people trying to rob us. No, I get that because, like, <laughs> I know Ryan disagreed, disagreed with this mentality entirely, but I kind of flushed out how I thought Zaros was going to grow throughout the story, and so far it's kind of kind of been following pretty well. Yeah, I, I, I've heard. Now what if there's a wrench? It depends what the wrench is. Well, you're just going to have to adapt. Oh yeah, there's like, like, obviously you can't follow a plan perfectly in D&D. No plan ever goes perfectly in D&D. That means... If anyone says a plan goes perfectly in D&D, they are lying to you or they live in some fantasy world. I don't know. The, the, plan, the plan we had uh, during the uh, Kraken Priest fight last episode. Beautiful. Swimmingly. Uh, well, yes. You know what? Too that... much planning. We had half an hour to plan. It was fun. Yeah, too much. You, it's not like I just went, oh yeah, here's the scenario. Here's the enemies. Initiative. Go. No, I was like, here, I'll leave the room. 30 minutes later, Will. Pff, got the whole thing ready. You're not even, you're not even ready for this. Yeah. I feel like at that point you give them like a five minute timer. That could be fun. But I think discussing initiative and planning and stuff is maybe something for another time. Mm. We have, oh, 
run a little bit longer than what I was expecting. Yeah, I've been eyeing that clock the entire time. Huh. How long are we going for? 43 minutes. Almost 40, 46 seconds. 47. D&D takes your time away in an instant. All right, well, uh, thanks, guys. Yep. Yeah. I'll see you all soon.